He is the creator and sustainer of all the worlds, whether those worlds are known or unknown to mankind. eyes unclouded by hate does not wisdom cry and understanding put forth her voice hello everybody my name is charlie you may know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer ce dorset and today we are continuing our study on the sermon of the mount and we're going to talk today by i think one of the most abused passages in of almost anything that jesus ever said this is going to be in the top five. So let us read, starting in Matthew 5, verse 17. Don't think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For most assuredly, I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not even one of the smallest letters or one tiny pen stroke shall in any way pass away from the law until all things are accomplished. Whoever, therefore, shall break one of the least commandments and teach others to do so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, that until your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, there is no way you shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Mm. The law will not pass away. Jesus did not come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. Now, this is... Like I said, probably one of the most abused and misunderstood passages of the entire Sermon on the Mount, and definitely in the top five of the things Jesus said. Because if we read this passage in isolation, and don't try to connect it to any of the other texts that we find, either in the Gospels themselves of Jesus talking, or any of the things that Paul James, John, Peter, Pseudo-Paul, any of the other people who wrote for the New Testament wrote, then it seems fairly clear on its face value what he's saying. So I ask you, what was the last thing Jesus said on the cross? It is finished. Wait a minute. It is accomplished. It is done. Oh, wait a minute. Not even the smallest letter or the tiniest pen stroke shall in any way pass away from the law until all things are accomplished. Then on the cross he says it is finished. And then the apostles get together at the Council of Jerusalem, which is recorded in Acts chapter 15, and agree that Gentiles 
don't have to be circumcised. Wait a minute. This is a red flag, especially for people that are taking this to mean that the Mosaic Law or some version thereof is still in effect on Christians today. Because if we're to take Jesus at face value here, then how could the apostles say that Gentiles don't have to be circumcised to become Christian? Mm. That's a head-scratcher. Because that would mean that they're changing letters and the tiny pen strokes. The, the, the covenant is being altered. So, anyone who breaks one of the least commandments and teaches others to do so will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But the apostles surely knew what they were doing and wouldn't do something that would jeopardize their place in the kingdom. Surely they wouldn't do that, right? Because they didn't. Jesus's last words on the cross were, it is finished, it is done. We have entered the end. You see, the Mosaic Covenant came to Mount Sinai by mediation of the angels. Jesus will go on immediately after this to start quoting the Mosaic Law and saying, you've heard it said. But I say, and he actually starts changing the Mosaic Law immediately after this. So on face value, this text cannot mean what it appears to say on face value. So what is he saying here? What does this mean? He's trying to put himself in a place, you see at the very end here, of contrast to the scribes and the Pharisees. Now, the Pharisees we actually know quite a bit about. And the Pharisees believed that they could make rulings on the law and through their rulings mitigate some of the harsher aspects of it or increase the harshness of some of the milder aspects of it. And Jesus will go on and point out where he saw errors in that mechanism for doing things. In other words, don't manipulate the law as the Pharisees do. See, these are words said before the crucifixion, before the burial, before the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as such, the law was in full effect, the law mediated by men and angels. In fact, in the following passages, Jesus will say that this law was only put in effect because of the hardness of your hearts. And will ascribe many of these laws that we will find in the books of Moses being attributed to God. God said, God said, the Lord said, thus says the Lord, to human activities or tradition. So what we're meant to take from this is the sort of legalism that you see rise up in many Protestant and some Catholic versions of Christianity, and we're seeing it rise in the Orthodox Church right now, 
especially through this fall redemption lens that they are using against everyone is see it says right here in the law this is bad so this is bad and you have to believe it's bad because it's in the bible and therefore it's bad well Yes, but the Mosaic Law tells me how to sell my daughter into slavery and that I should beat my son till all the teeth fall out of his head if he's disobedient, and once he loses all of his teeth and he's still disobedient, just to kill him. Mm, well, we not that part. Okay, well, it it you like to harp on the whole, you know, a man shall not lie with a man because it's an abomination? Well, wearing... Clothing made out of two five different materials woven together is that same word. It's an abomination. Well, yeah, but we're not talking about that part. Oh. Well, it says that eating shellfish is an abomination. Same word. Yeah, but we, we don't follow that part. Okay. Well, eating pork is an abomination. Well, I mean, we, we don't follow that part. But that part about hating gay people, we follow that because it bolsters our presuppositions that cis-heteronormativity is the way of things and the way everything should be, and we like that part. So we do follow that part. Oh. Okay. Well... You believe that it's okay to bomb places, but we're told that we'll give an account in heaven for every tree that gets destroyed during war. Well, uh, yeah, but we don't follow that part. And so on and so forth. And what you see is this nitpicking of the law to justify predispositions and thoughts that they already had, biases, cultural norms that they want to enforce... And, of course, things that... They want their bacon. So, of course, you know... Yes, it's, it's an abomination to eat pigs, but I, I like bacon. So, we, we don't follow that part. But what about the others? This is what Jesus is talking about here. This is what the Pharisees were doing. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes. They had all kind of concocted their own version of what parts of the law actually matter, what parts don't. And I don't want to really spend too much time going into that because, again, like I said in previous episodes, I'm not Jewish, and that's not my tradition. My tradition is Christianity. And Christians have done this way too often and way too much. See, if you're going to put yourself under the law, then you're under all of it. The Apostle Paul says, I did not know sin until I learned the law, and sin was born in me. So, should we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. But we operate under the law of the Spirit, not the law of the flesh. You see, the Mosaic Law is the law of the flesh, and if you don't believe me, read it. It talks about everything. You know you're supposed to kill people who plant Two different crops side by side? That's an abomination in the eyes of the Lord. Have you ever seen soybeans planted next to corn? Oh, do you have a 
family plot in the backyard, maybe, or maybe on your patio like we used to do in, when we lived in Frederick, and you have your tomatoes and your squash and your pepper plants. Yeah, that's an abomination in the eyes of the Lord, according to the Mosaic Law. But, praise Jesus, we're not under the law anymore. Jesus said that all of the commandments can be summarized into two things. Love God with all your heart, mind, and spirit, and to love your neighbor as yourself. On on these two things hangs all of the law. That's the law of the spirit. That we love God with all of our heart, mind, and spirit, and that we love our neighbor as ourself. As long as what we're doing is operating within those parameters, we're doing good. See, the law would tell us that eating food offered to idols is sin. But Paul says, there's nothing to the idol. It's just a statue and it's cheap meat. And especially in the time when he's talking, more than likely, that's the only meat that you could afford. So go ahead, buy it, eat it. But if by doing so, you're going to lead people into thinking that you are worshiping there, then maybe you might not want to do it. But other than that, it's... it's, It's not hurting anybody. It's just meat. See, that's operating in the law of the spirit. And that's what people are forgetting. That's what people have lost. Because this text gets pulled out. See, not one letter, not the smallest pen stroke shall pass away from the law. And it hasn't. The law is still there. The law still exists. If you're under the Mosaic law. See, I'm, I'm a Gentile. I was born a Gentile. As far as I know, I don't have any Jewish ancestry, at least from what I've been able to research back. There may be someone in, in there that I haven't found yet, but so far as I know, that's not in my ancestry. I'm under the laws of Noah. They're, they're very different. The laws of Noah are very simple. Do not worship idols. Do not curse God. Establish courts of justice. Do not commit murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. And do not eat flesh torn from a living animal. There you go. Done. That's the seven laws of Noah. And, honestly, most cultures around the world ascribe to a version of these. This is basic morality. Now, we can discuss the don't curse God. That, that, that's one that I have a lot of interesting thoughts about, because I think there are people that think that they curse God but don't. And I think there are people that don't think they curse God but do. But these are the laws that we're under. And if you don't understand that, Again, go to Acts chapter 15 and read the first council of Jerusalem, where the apostles all get together, because they go through and write a letter. And in their letter, they explain what a Christian should do. And just so you don't have to take my word for it, if we go to Acts chapter 15, verses 20, I'm sorry, 23 through 29, quote, they wrote these things by their hand, quote, the apostles, the elders, and the brothers 
to the brothers who are of the Gentiles in Antioch, Syria, and Cilicia. Um, sorry, Cilicia. Greetings. Because we have heard that some who went from, I'm sorry, because we heard that some who went out from us have troubled you by words, unsettling your souls, saying, you must be circumcised and keep the law, to whom we gave no commandment. It seemed good to us, having come to one accord, to choose out of men and send them to you, to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men who are who have risked their lives in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have sent, therefore, Judas and Silas, who themselves will also tell you the same thing by word of mouth. But it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay no greater burden on you than these, than these necessary things, that you abstain from things sacrificed to idols, from blood, from things strangled, from sexual immorality, from which, if you keep yourselves, it will be well with you. Farewell. And that's the letter. No, you don't have to follow the Mosaic Law because you were never under the Mosaic Law and you're not being added under the Mosaic Law now. That is not a thing that you have to do. Now, as you can see, that they're much stricter on idols than Paul is, and depending on which letter of Paul you want to read, he goes back and forth on this issue as to whether or not you can, should eat food offered to idols. But these are the Noahide laws. These are the laws of Noah. And in fact, they're not even all of the laws of Noah. Because they don't mention the building courts of justice or the... They don't even mention sexual immorality. You know, adultery? Not, not listed. Not on top of their minds. But no... You're not under the law. Don't worry about it. it. It can't get clearer than that. This is the first letter that the apostles wrote. This is the first epistle. This is the, the start of the church proper. And no, you're not under the law. And because they understood that the law was fulfilled in the sacrifice of Christ. So for every preacher, teacher, and the like, who wants to put people under the law, I, I get really nervous and upset because that's not what we're supposed to be doing. That's not what, what we're supposed to be. We're free. We're under the law of the Spirit. Love God with all your heart, mind, and spirit, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Again, going to that quote from Malachi that I love to do in every episode. Right? What is asked of you, O mortal, but that you love kindness, do justice, and walk humbly before your God? That's it. All of these other things 
are added on. Well, Paul said, yes, but Paul's not Jesus. Paul's not God. And Paul was raised under the law. You can see Paul struggling this in the very letter of Romans where Paul appears to condemn temple prostitution of some form. He spends the majority of the book trying to explain his understanding of how we are no longer under the law and that the law of the spirit and the spirit's guidance is what we should follow. That we should listen to our conscience. You know, that whole golden rule and the love God with all your heart, mind, and spirit and love your neighbor as yourself stuff that Jesus taught. The vast majority of the book that follows. In fact, he ends up going through what have become rather anti-Semitic backflips trying to explain why everything that he believed and was teaching wasn't self-evident to every Jewish person in the world like it was to him. And of course, in his own mind, that's because God will, willed that they be dumb. Read the book of Romans. Read the letter to the Romans. A lot of it is Paul trying to justify his own existence and fi explain his positions on things. And he takes some odd rhetorical backflips to get to the places where he needs to go. And again, like I say, I, I, I'm fairly solid in my belief that we should listen to what Jesus said. And, you know, Paul and James and John and Peter and the rest, Jude, they're commentaries on what Jesus said. The first commentaries, but it's what Jesus said that is important. And so here we are. We're not under the law. The law is finished. Jesus's last words on the cross, it is done. It is finished. This is a man who was crucified for blasphemy for while being God was condemned for claiming to be God. Yeah. That is the whole argument right there in a nutshell. And so don't let anybody tell you that the Old Testament law has anything to do with you. This is why in a Christian Bible, the Tanakh is referred to as the Old Testament. Because that's how it was for not us. And how it is for people who still follow it. And there are still people who follow it. And I, I don't want to be insulting to them. Because my faith is not their faith. But we don't have to bend over backwards to fulfill all the rules in a rule book that we are free from. I mean, you can if you want to. I mean, that that's completely up to you. Because that's part of the glorious freedom that we have. We can decide if we want to, to try to live by the Mosaic law. But remember, Jesus, Paul, and even Paul says that the law only condemns. The law does not bring salvation. It only brings condemnation because it is, no matter how good you are at the big things, because everybody points at the Ten Commandments, yeah, those are big. Those are easy. Those are not hard to see. 
and not hard to follow. But, yeah, there, there are some tricksy things about it, too. Like, what is the shirt that you're currently wearing? Is it made of mixed fibers? You know, your socks probably are. Most, almost all socks are. That's how they get the stretchy bit at the top. They mix the second fiber in. And there you go. The laws condemned you. Aren't you glad you're not under it anymore? <laughs> I mean, it's really that simple. If you're male and you've ever shaved, the law has condemned you. You're not allowed to shave. That's in the law. Uh, oops. Yeah. There's a lot of things in there that people don't want to talk about because they want to use it to justify their cultural beliefs and their traditions that they've held on to from before. And so you get selective readings. Well, this part's good, that part's bad. This part gets good, that part's bad. Yeah, that's doesn't help anyone. And notice that Jesus says that if you do that, you're not going to be kicked out of heaven. You'll just be leased in heaven. Because you're putting a burden on people that they're not supposed to have. Jesus was very clear. Come to me, all of you who are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. For my yoke is light. You know, it's much easier to live by simple rules like, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. That's a lot easier to live by than the 613 commandments that I've only brushed the surface of. Did you know if you're a farmer and you pick all of your own crops, you're condemned? Because you're supposed to leave some out on... Yeah. Because then people who are hungry can go and glean from your fields that which you left behind. Yeah, you're, you're not allowed to pick all of your own crops. So if you've ever picked all of the tomatoes off of a tomato plant and didn't leave some for the homeless, the, the law condemns you for that. There's a lot of little things in there that people don't know are in there. But thank God and Jesus we don't have to worry about that because we operate under the law of the spirit. We love God with all our hearts and we love our neighbor as ourselves. So I hope you found that helpful. If you did and the app that you're listening to me on allows you to rate this episode or this podcast, please do that. That helps out a lot. It tells the algorithm that you know, it should show me to more people. And that really does help out a lot. If you um, know of anybody that you think would benefit from this podcast, please share it with them. That also helps out a lot. We grow from word of mouth. And so the more that you share with, the uh, you know, more people will hear these ideas and be freed from the Fall Redemption School. 
If you have a buck and you can cast it my way, depending on the app that you're listening to me on, there may be a button that says support or support on Anchor. Or in the show notes, there'll be a link that says support on Anchor. If you click that, you can support me at the $1, $5, $10 levels. That money goes to me and helps me out because I really want to make the spiritual work my full-time job. And the more, you know, I have to be able to make a living doing it. So if you can help, please do. If you can't afford to help or just don't feel like you want to right now, say a little prayer for me. That helps out a lot too. I'd be grateful for that. If you have any questions, comments, or episode ideas, you can go to anchor.fm and download the Anchor app. Follow me at Wisdom's Cry on Anchor. And you can leave me up to a one-minute voice message that I can use on the show. And we can actually learn together. All that said, if... uh, I just hope you're having a good time. I hope that this is helpful to you. Until next time, may God bless you and keep you eternally growing in wisdom and compassion. Amen.